This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome back to the Grind It Podcast, and today we're going to be starting to break down Acts chapter 20. And if you remember in Acts chapter 19, Paul had started his, what we call his third missionary journey. And uh, what basically what he's doing is he's going back and he is tracing his steps, or he's going back and he's visiting these churches that he and Barnabas began uh, from the church there in Antioch of Syria. And remember, if you remember way back when, the elders laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas because the Holy Spirit said to do so. And the Holy Spirit said, you separate these two men for the work that I've called them to do. And so they set sail and they literally, they, they, they walk and travel into some areas and they set sail and go visit some places. But every place they went, they would uh, find the synagogue uh, if there was one, and they would preach to the Jews and to these Greek proselytes who had been converted to Judaism and tell them about Jesus and how he is the Messiah that they've been looking for all of this time. And many times they were met with opposition, uh, but many times they would uh, have people who would convert to Jesus, who would give their lives to their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And, and so now... Uh, we are at the point where Paul is going to these churches. He's already been on one round, and now he is on his third and final round to visiting these churches that he and Barnabas has started. And he is going through there to encourage the believers there because they're being persecuted for their faith. And you know they would be uh, you know full of fear, fright, and uh, anxious and and so he was trying to uh, encourage them to stay with Jesus to stay in the faith to keep grinding if you will which is what this podcast is all about to help people to to not give up but to keep going to keep grinding and and that's what Paul's message was to them as he was going around visiting these churches and he uh, had placed elders uh, to where he couldn't be at these churches all the time he he appointed these elders to uh, um, oversee, if you will, uh, this new church that has begun in these cities. And so he would, we'll see here later on in Acts 20 when he actually sends for the, the elders at uh, Ephesus to come and meet him as he's passing through because he, he's going to tell them that, hey, this is the last time you're going to see my face. And so that since this is the last time you're going to see me, because he, he, he's on his way to Jerusalem. That's his goal, is to get to Jerusalem before Pentecost, because uh, he says that the Spirit has, uh, it, it, this is the Spirit's will and God's will, and he, he said the Spirit has told me that there's going to be some major persecution there, and it's going to cost me my life. But he says, I've got to finish what God has started doing through me. And so that is his mission, is to get to Jerusalem. And if he can get there before Pentecost, that was his ultimate goal. But he knew that 
he just didn't have very much time left on this earth. And so he is uh, going to these places, these churches that he has started with the help of Barnabas and others. And he's encouraging the Christians there. And he's encouraging the elders uh, to uh, watch over their flock and to keep guard and and and, uh, and he's going to tell them we'll see later on in this chapter that you know uh, ravaging wolves are going to come in from the outside and he also says that there's going to be people from the inside inside who just stir up a bunch of crap and they're trying to destroy what he has started or what God has started through him and so in Acts chapter 19 when he started his third and final missionary journey uh he was in ephesus and he had been hanging out in ephesus uh, for a little while and and he had been talking about jesus to the people and he's converted many people to jesus and as this is going on uh people are uh, are turning from these false gods these greek gods that really don't exist except for in their head and they're, they're no longer buying these idols to worship these little statues that these silversmiths and other people have made uh, in this image of, of this God that does not exist. And people have been burning incense and, and, and having uh, sex and, and offering all kinds of sacrifices to these gods. And, and now that Paul has brought Jesus to Ephesus and other places, they're turning away from these false idols and they're turning to the one true God. And since they're turning to the one true God, they're no longer needing these idols to worship. And so what happens is there's this guy in, uh, in uh, Ephesus named Demetrius who made these idols and he notices that his bank account is getting smaller instead of getting bigger. And he, he puts two and two together and he realizes well, as long as this Paul fella is around and he's preaching about this Jesus fella, he says people are, are turning from these from our gods to this one God, and they're no longer buying my statues, which is costing me money. And now that I'm not making as much money, we've got to do something about this guy. And so he stirs up a mob, and he goes to these other silversmiths, and they get all stirred up. And the next thing you know, a mob starts to grow, and they gather at the amphitheater. And, and so there's just crowds and crowds of people these people are yelling one thing these people are yelling another thing it's, it's just nothing but chaos and the mayor comes along and he he calms everybody down and he says everything's going to be okay and and so the the mayor once he gets everybody calmed down he sends them home and they go home and things calm down and so acts 20 starts off with things coming down and excuse me and after paul uh sees that everything has calmed down he goes and and he finds the the believers there in ephesus and uh his his plans are to travel to macedonia so he he hangs out with them for just a little bit and then he uh says his goodbyes and then he uh heads to mass macedonia and if you remember uh I believe it was on his second missionary journey when he had the Macedonian call. He had the vision of, of the, the guy saying, you know, come over here and help us. And so when he, 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 he just immediately takes him and his entourage to uh, Philippi. And when he gets to Philippi, that's when he meets uh, the woman named Lydia, uh, who was the seller of purple. And, and he meets her friends there by the river and he tells them about Jesus and they uh, believe in Jesus and they're baptized for the remission of their sins. And so that, 
that churches started there in Philippi with Lydia and her friends. And that's also where uh, he cast the demon out of the little slave girl. And now he has uh, caused these people that, that own these, this, these men that own this little girl, he's cost them their money because she can't tell fortunes anymore. So they throw him in jail. And so that is where he and Silas are singing songs at midnight and to God and they're praying and the earthquake comes and the Philippian jailer comes, you know, and it was going to kill himself. And Saul says, hey, no, no, no. Or Paul says, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Nobody's escaped. And, and the, the, the jailer is then uh, converted to Jesus, him and his household, and they're baptized for the, the remission of their sins. So that, that was the Macedonian call. And so here's Paul going back through Macedonia, and he is going to meet with and encourage the believers there in those areas. And so from there, he travels down to Greece where Luke writes that Paul stayed in Greece for three months. And I, you know, it's just easy to read these passages and read these, you know, he stayed here for a week, or he stayed here for three months, or he stayed here for two years. Um, it, but it helps us have a, a time frame. Uh, and, and so we can see that Paul, when he got down to Greece, uh, traveled to Greece, that he stays there. And Luke, there, there's specific reasons why Luke tells us this stuff, and he tells us that Paul stays in Greece for three months. And so as Paul's plan was to get to Jerusalem, he, he's going to leave Greece, and he's going to uh, start heading back on his, you know, to, to reach his goal of getting to Jerusalem. He's going to be heading toward Jerusalem. But what happens is while he's there in Greece, his life is threatened. He, he learns of a plot to kill him, and so he does an about-face and goes the other way, and he travels uh, back through Macedonia. In verse 3 of Acts chapter 20, Luke writes this. He says, He was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life, so he decided to return through Macedonia. And so, as I said earlier, Paul's plan is to get uh, back to Jerusalem where the church began in Acts chapter 2. And he wants to get there before Pentecost begins. But... Uh, in my small, humble opinion, I believe it's a, just a good change of plans to turn around, do it about face, and go through Macedonia. Because, you know, you, I don't think anybody wants to run into danger. We, we like to run away from danger. And if somebody's wanting to kill us, I don't think we're going to run to them and ask them why. We're going to run away from them and try to stay away from them. And so when Paul finds out this plan, uh, like I said, he, 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 he uh, changes his route, if you will, and heads back through Macedonia. And so in here in Acts 20, Luke points out that Paul has several, uh, several people traveling with him at, at this point here in, in uh, Acts chapter 20. And in verse uh, 5, 4 and 5, uh, Luke gives us their names. And this is what Luke says. He says their names are Sopater. And I'm going to butcher these names. I'll just tell you that now and these places. But he says they were, this guy's name was Sopater, S-O-P-A-T-E-R, son of Phyrus from Berea, Aristarchus, and you'll see Aristarchus' name mentioned again later on if it's the same guy, and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy, of course, Tychicus, and Tropimus from the province of Asia. And Luke says, They went on ahead and waited for us at Troas. And after the Passover ended, 
we boarded a ship at Philippi in Macedonia. And here it is again. He's going to to detail here. He says, And five days later, we joined them in Troas, where we stayed for a week. So that seven men that were traveling with Paul, helping him spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and the resurrection, that was the message that they carried everywhere that they went because they were trying to convert Jews and Gentiles alike to Jesus. And so these seven men are just like Paul, or just even being with Paul and in his entourage, they're risking their lives on a daily basis. And this is interesting to me because Paul knows that this is his last hurrah, if you will. He knows this is his last go-around, that he, he doesn't have a whole lot of time left, that he will be killed for his faith. And um, when he arrives at Jerusalem, that's going to be the, the it's going to kickstart that uh, his death actually. Um, and so when he is being tried, his his first because uh, he appeals to Caesar, and he's going to be taken to Rome, where uh, where he'll eventually be executed. But at his uh, first trial, uh, he he's going to be deserted. In Second Timothy. Uh, Paul's writing a letter to Timothy in his second letter to Timothy in his final letter in the last chapter you can actually when you read that letter and I encourage you to do so uh, you can hear the desperation that's in his voice when he writes to Timothy he says hurry up and get up here and and I want to take a look when we come back from break at uh, just a little bit of 2 Timothy chapter 4 and I want to point just a few things uh, out is you can see the desperation because Paul, like I said, he knows that his time is short. His his, his death is near, and uh, uh, and you can you can feel that in his writings to Timothy. And we'll take a look at that when we come back from break. We'll be right back. When you're sad or upset about something, read John chapter 14. Jesus was telling his disciples that he would soon be leaving them, and and so they they're naturally they're they're tore up they're they're sad and and so what i want to do is just give you a few highlights from john chapter 14 just to give you some encouragement today jesus told them he said don't let your hearts be troubled trust god trust also in me he says i'm leaving but i'll be back like arnold schwarzenegger i'll be back jesus says and when everything is ready i will come and i'm going to get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I will never leave you again, but I've got to, I've got to go away for just a little while. Uh, and, and by the way, where Jesus is, that place is called heaven, and there's no place like it whatsoever. And that's where we're going to get to be for eternity if we're washing the blood of Jesus Christ. But Jesus also tells them, he says, I am leaving you with a gift. Of, this gift is a peace of mind and a peace of heart. And the peace that I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. No, so and no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through in life, keep your eyes on Jesus because he will give you peace. His peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And he will help you through whatever you're going through today. He'll help you get back up and he will help you to keep grinding. So as we come back from break, we're talking about Paul being on his third and final missionary journey. He's visiting these churches that he and Barnabas has started many years ago, and he's making his final round, and he's saying his goodbyes. 
and he's encouraging these elders. He's encouraging uh, the believers to stay faithful to God because he's not going to be around to help them anymore. And, and when, when you read 2 Timothy chapter 4, you can really hear and feel uh, the desperation. I don't really want to say desperation because Paul wasn't desperate. He was not scared or anything like that. But you can really feel and sense that he knows uh, that his time is near, that his death is near. And in 2 Timothy 4, he, he writes this in verses 6 through 22. He says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please come here as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark, that's the same John Mark that deserted him over because Paul didn't want to bring John Mark along and give him a second chance. But Barnabas did, so you remember they got in the argument and they separated and went their, their separate ways. Well, this is the same Mark that he's talking about here. He says, only Luke is with me. And he tells Timothy, he says, bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. So there was some reconciliation somewhere down the road there between Barnabas and John Mark and Paul, which is a good thing uh, to see. And so uh, he says, he'll be helpful for me to, uh, helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat that I left in Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Why would he, why, why would he be telling Timothy to hurry up? And why would he be telling Timothy to bring his coat and these other things? Because winter's coming on, it's going to be getting cold, and he needs his coat, right? So that, that just shows you how detailed uh, the Bible is and how Luke is writing uh, these things. And, and he, you can just hear Paul just pouring himself out to Timothy. You know, only Luke's with me. These people have deserted me, and, and, and this one's gone here, and I sent this one here. And he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord would judge him for what he's done. Be careful of him. He's, telling, he's warning Timothy. For he fought against everything that we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. You remember we talked about when he met Priscilla and Aquila there in Ephesus. And they traveled around with him. But he says, uh, greet Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and other brothers, or all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with you all. So my question is, where are all these men that were traveling with Paul when he was 
about to die, and he's writing this heartfelt letter to Timothy, and he's all alone. He says, the only person with me is Luke. And, and, and we know that Trophimus, he had just mentioned Trophimus here in Acts 20. So we know that, uh, that Trophimus uh, was sick, and so Paul leaves him in Miletus. And he had mentioned Tychicus here in Acts chapter 20. And he says, I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And of course, Timothy was uh, one of the leaders in the church at Ephesus and helped there. And so Paul is requesting, obviously he's writing these letters to Timothy, and he's asking Timothy to get to Rome as fast as he can. So three out of the seven that Paul mentions in Acts chapter 20 stay with Paul through thick and thin. Three. Three of them. Uh, Trophimus, Tychicus, and Timothy. Well, and Luke, but Luke's not mentioned in that list. So three out of the seven stay with Paul. When it came time for Paul to be put on trial, he says for the first time, they all left him. They all deserted him. And he tells Timothy, the only person that's here with me is Luke. And Luke is the author of the book of Acts. So that's why Luke is there. Luke is pinning all this stuff down so we can have it to read today, 2,000 years later. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul starts out encouraging Timothy by talking about how strong his faith is and how that God is, is not giving us a spirit of fear, but he's given us, given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And then he talks about not being ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And he says, Timothy, even if you end up going to prison like me, don't be uh, ashamed to tell other people about Jesus. Keep on doing it. No matter what happens, you keep on keeping on. And I, I believe that the reason that he's saying all this to Timothy is because of what he says in 2 Timothy 1.15. He, he tells Timothy, he says, As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. And then he turns right around and he mentions Onesiphorus, however you say that. And he says, he, he says to Timothy, he says, May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited me and he encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. So this tells me something about these men who were following Paul, who were traveling around with Paul. You see, they followed him as long as everything was great, but you know, as soon as the crap hits the fan, then they just scatter. They, they run away. They, they, they desert him. As soon as the trouble comes, as soon as the, the, the challenges came, fear gets the best of them, or they were ashamed of the situation, which is why Paul keeps telling Timothy, don't be ashamed. Look at Onesiphorus. He's not ashamed. He said, but these people deserted me. They were ashamed. They ran away as fast as they could. And, and you hear people say all the time that when trouble comes in life or a life challenge hits, however you want to word it, you find out who your real friends are. Here's Paul. He's in prison. He's about to die. And the only person there with him is Luke. Paul has literally put his life on the line day after day after day. He's literally been through hell on earth to take this gospel message to the lost people of that area, of that day, to, to uh, the Gentiles and to the Jews. And, uh, you know, and, and people, 
just they beat him, uh, they they stoned him. He went through all of these things to take this message of hope, the message of the gospel, this message of Jesus dying on the cross for our, our sins and and being put in a tomb for three days and being resurrected. It gives people hope, and yet they've all these people that were with Paul and, and travel with Paul and helped Paul and and did all these great things with Paul they have they have deserted him and he's basically left alone and when you read like I said a while ago second Timothy uh, you can sense his loneliness because he knows his fate and he knows what's about to happen what happened to all those people why would they desert him you know something very similar happens to Jesus in John chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000. And by the way, when he feeds the 5,000, that's the count of men only. There's also women and children. So it's probably around 10,000, maybe even more. But after he feeds the 5,000, you know, their bellies are full. They like the food, and they want to make Jesus a king. And Jesus leads the area, but they follow Jesus. And when they finally catch up with Jesus, he says, Look, you people are following me because you like that food I, I made you. Those, those two fish and those five loaves of bread, they were very tasty. You liked it. And so you want to make me a king. But he said, if you, you want to really follow me, then you're going to have to uh, eat, eat my flesh and you got to drink my blood. And, and so we know that he was referring to the cross. We know that he was uh, talking about his body that would be sacrificed on the cross for our sins. And we do that every Lord's Day when we take uh, the Lord's Supper. And we'll talk about that probably in the next podcast because uh, that's talked about here in Acts chapter 20. But they thought Jesus was an absolute freakazoid, man. They, they thought, well, this guy's nasty. What's up? We got to eat his body and drink his blood. This guy's crazy. And, and here's one of the saddest verses in the Bible, in my opinion, is John chapter 6, verse 66. And John says this, at this point, Many of his disciples, many of his followers, these people he had just fed, and they said that, you know, we want to serve you, we want to follow you, we want to make you a king. Many, at this point, when he said, you got to get down to the nitty-gritty, you, you got you to gotta drink my blood, you got to eat my flesh. Well, at this point, John says, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. And then Jesus turns to the 12 and he asks them, are you going to leave also? Are you just going to go away too like these people did? And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom are we going to go? You have the words to eternal life and we believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. But you know what? Even and that sounds good for Peter to say that and it is good and they did stay faithful except for Judas who you know betrays Jesus and he goes out and hangs himself. But even these 12 men who, when Jesus told them over and over again, he, he said, hey, i got to fulfill the scriptures. I'm going to be dying on the cross. I'm going to, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be crucified. But don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to life, and I'm going to send to my Father, and you're going to receive a comforter of the Holy Spirit. And, and they're like, oh, we will, we're not going to let this happen to you, dude. We're, we're going to die with you. We will be right there by your side. But you know what happens as soon as he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane? They all flee. They're nowhere to be found when Jesus is on the cross and he needs his, his buddies, his friends the most. They're nowhere to be found except for John who comes back and, he, and John look, Jesus looks at John and says, Behold your mother. He's, in other words, he's saying, Take care of my mom. 
while, you know, after I'm, I'm dead and gone. So these guys, they even deserted Jesus when Jesus needed them the most when he was dying on, on the cross. And so I'm going to end the podcast by giving you this thought. Be careful. Be extremely careful who you put your trust and your hope in because man will let you down all the time. Every time, man will let you down. I don't care how close a person is to you. I don't care how much they say they love you. They will hurt you. They will harm you. They will let you down. They will disappoint you because that's what we do as people, unfortunately. But God will never let you down. God will never fail you because God is faithful. And that's why he says over and over throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament, God says, put your trust in me. Not some man, not some person, not some woman. Put your trust in me because I will never fail you. I will never let you down. So who are you putting your trust in today? COVID vaccines, some doctor, some, you know, some lawyer, some, you know, a teacher, you know, whoever. The government, who are you putting your trust in? Your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your grandparents, your mom, your dad. They're going to let you down. They're going to fail you. God will not fail you. Why not put your trust in the Petra, the immovable stone, God, Jesus Christ? Why not give him all your troubles, all your cares, all your worries, all your anxiety? You know, he's greater than any kind of pill you could take. He's greater than any kind of alcohol you can drink. He's better than any kind of drug that you can shoot up or smoke. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says, hey, you can trust me. I will never, ever let you down. Put your faith, put your trust in Jesus today. Keep grinding. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Grind It Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's Word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding and God bless you.